Next on BYU Sports Nation, defense wins the day. What the BYU defense did on Friday night that earned lofty praise from ESPN's Trevor Maddich. Who deserves your helmet sticker after Friday? Former Raider Spencer Hadley weighs in on the Cougars' performance. Plus, BYU East Carolina gets some national backing as a must-watch game this weekend, and BYU women's soccer just keeps winning. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, October 5th. Hope you enjoyed your weekend, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who the next hurricane that starts with a J will be named after, Jerem Jordan. Probably not. Jerome is a possibility, but Jerem, given the original nature of the name, will probably not be used. I had a great weekend, by the way, because General Conference plays perfectly into what I want to do every Saturday. Watch television all day. (laughs) So Saturday and Sunday, I watch me some TV. A lot of 10 hours of General Conference and a lot of college football. It was great. And a Friday game for BYU is great. Selfishly. Uh, you know, we, we work a lot of weekends and nights. It's nice to just sit there and be able to watch a lot of college football. So, so I enjoy the Friday games uh, to a great degree. Hurricane Jerem, not to be confused with the Snarknado. Oh, that'll come out later. Okay, very good. BYU basketball will have a uniform reveal. Home and rude. Oh, rude. rude. Home and road, road uniforms. Ad? Are you? Are you uh, along with something is special. This black sheep? Yes. David Spade. Home and Ruad. Rude. Ruad. Rude. When's this going down, Jerem? This afternoon. Uh, very exciting. And, and, a, and a, a something special. Mm. Maybe an alternate? I don't, I don't know. We'll see. It's very exciting. I, I like that. Uniform, it's 2015. Uniforms are a thing. Uh, recruits love it. The fans love it. You sell merchandise in the BYU store and whatnot. It's great. I'm Ooh, excited. A little bird in my ear just told me throwbacks <laughs> to the point of super high shorts. Oh, man, that would be amazing. (laughs) The Jeff Chapman's? Unbelievable. Oh, that would be so cool. (laughs) Can you imagine, though, if the BYU basketball team came out in super short shorts? Nate Austin would do that. (laughs) Hey, there's some clowns on this team. They might. Who knows? Boom shakalaka, (laughs) by the way. Your first look and introduction to the new BYU men's and women's basketball teams on October 23rd. That will be broadcast live on BYU TV from the newly renovated Marriott Center at 9 p.m. Eastern. I heard the hosts are amazing. I have not heard that. Oh, never mind. Who are the hosts? I heard they're awesome. <laughs> Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football beats UConn 30-13, to led by Tanner Mangum's freshman record, 365 passing yards, couple of touchdowns, couple of interceptions. Bronson Kafusi, a lot impact player nominee this week for his defensive performance against the Huskies. Maybe Bronson is the guy to get your helmet sticker, and that leads us to today's Twitter question. Who gets your helmet sticker from BYU's win over UConn? Use the hashtag BYUSN. I want to add to men's hoops, by the way. Today is the first practice of the season, officially. 30 practices in the next 42 days. November 13th is the season opener. Cougars in the NFL. Giants rookie linebacker Wani Unga had two tackles in the 14-point Giants win over the Bills. Tonight, Ziggy Ansah, Kyle Van Ooyen, the Lions play my Seattle Seahawks. On Monday Night Football. Jerem has been a two-week-long Seattle Seahawks diehard fan. Dude, it's been like six months. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. I have a regional tie. Come on, man. Hop on, baby. 
Number six, BYU women's soccer beats Portland 2-1 to one Saturday night on goals from Elena Medeiros and Nadia Gomes. The Cougars now 10-1-1. They host San Diego this Friday night. And the 2015 Cougar Club Hall of Fame inductees have been announced. They are Rob Morris, Luke Staley from football, Nina Puikinen Mortensen from volleyball, Willard Hershey from track, and John Hedengren from cross-country and track. Congrats to them. They will be inducted Friday night in a banquet. couple of things. I want to know if they're going to hand out freight train whistles to all of those in attendance for I, Rob Morris. I think I have one somewhere. <laughs> if you do, you the... need to find that, and that needs to be part of this set. Mm. I know, okay, I'll have to look We need to stuff. have a scavenger hunt at Jerome's house yeah. to find the Rob Morris freight train whistle. Yeah, I'll, I'll tweet out my address. We'll all, we'll all meet up, and we'll look through my stuff. <laughs> Rise and shout. We'll it's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. We'll also, we'll also garden it in my house while we're at it. Oh, my goodness. Defense for the win, people. Oh, I felt good. I mean, the defense, MVP of the game. They All, all night they were making plays. All night they were getting stops, which was huge. So to be able to get a turnover that puts us in the red zone is awesome. BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum set a new freshman single-game passing record for BYU with 365 yards through the air. But as you just heard, very quick to point out, the BYU defense owning the night. BYU beats UConn 30-13 to on Friday night. Nostris the Cougar defense, yeah, they absolutely knocked us nocturnist. Give up just 13 <laughs> points, 11 below the benchmark goal of 24. So defense, you the real MVP. Yeah, seriously. Kevin Durant tweeted uh, the BYU. No, he didn't. That Jimmer Fredette's the greatest scorer in the world. That's what he actually tweeted. The BYU defense won the game. I, I've been saying, Spencer, that the, uh, the, the offense would win games for BYU this season. I felt like the defense could be good enough. But in this game, the offense was moving the ball quite well. In fact, remember last week against Michigan, BYU got the ball at, at the Michigan 43, at, at least the Michigan 43, one time. They had it 11 times there. They punted once last week. They got to 43 once. So it was the opposite kind of game. But they weren't putting points on the board. The defense kept BYU in the game. And Bronson Kafusi's interception ultimately turned the game in BYU's favor. In spite of the offense turning the ball over three times, missing yeah. two field goals, one of them blocked, UConn having a 10-7 lead midway through the third quarter, BYU found a way, led by a momentum-shifting play, Thanks to the BYU defense. Kaina Kuo on a safety blitz. Gets pressure. Bryant Sheriff throws a terrible pass. Bronson Kafusi takes it out of the air. Thank you very much. Next play, Mitch Matthews makes an elite play on the ball. BYU takes control. I agree with every one of those statements. And it was great because the BYU defense has some playmakers. And we saw those plays made. BYU didn't need some Hail Mary against UConn. It's UConn! BYU should have won that game 45-3. to But they won by 17. Which is great. I called it. Yes. Pat on the back, self. Awesome. It's UConn. BYU should have won that game, and BYU was injured, but made plays, which was great. Because this is not the same BYU team that beat Nebraska, that beat Boise State, that challenged UCLA. Adam Hine is out for another, what, two or three weeks with an ankle injury? Harvey Longy was out. By the way, someone tweeted this at us. The season ticket jinx is underway. The Boise State game, season ticket, a player on there. Taysom Hill. This is weird. The second ticket was Harvey Longy. He was out. The third ticket's Jamal Williams. He's out. I'm not going to tell you who's on four, five, and six. You can look that up yourself, but let's just hope those guys stay healthy. Let's hope it's only the first three games. 
It's just weird. That's what. Yeah. It's well. It's the Halloween month. It's weird. Month. By the way, I loved your self uh, pep talk right there. Hey, nice job, self. Nice job, Jerome. <laughs> BYU statistically dominated the game on Friday on both sides of the ball, and I sense a stat of the day approaching. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Holler! BYU held an opponent to under 230 offensive yards for just the fourth time since 2013. So it's the Virginia game in 2013, Middle Tennessee in 2013, and then 2014 Middle Tennessee again. Um, And that's FBS opponents. Savannah State had 68 yards or something. So that was a that was a good game. The BYU defense did well in yards and points, and that's that is the point. And in comes East Carolina, by the way, who defensively is in is like in the high eighties, low nineties in yards and points as well. So the opportunity is there to beat uh, beat up on a team like that. UConn was a top twenty five team in points and yards, and BYU took it to them. Thirty. It should have been more than thirty points, but thirty points should be enough to win every single game. Well, who has UConn played? The funny thing is, like, Missouri looks just terrible on offense. But, but Missouri, they're 4-1. and one. They beat South Carolina 24-10 to 10 yeah, on South Saturday. Yeah, South Carolina's in the dumps. And the SEC East is not a, the SEC West. But Missouri's – I don't know that Missouri will be ranked when BYU plays them. They're 4-1. and one. We'll see. We'll get to East Carolina as the week progresses. They're a team that lost by 7 to an undefeated 5-0 and Florida team in the swamp. Beat Virginia Tech. They're dominated good. SMU. This is – this they're, is a pretty challenged. good football yeah. team, despite not having their starting quarterback who was lost to a season-ending injury in fall camp. Yeah, and we'll break this down later in the week, but East Carolina is a challenge for BYU this Saturday. BYU, looking back at last Friday, forced five punts in the first half, two interceptions in the second half. The defense lit the fire in the fourth quarter, and the BYU offense turned the page just when they needed to. Capitalizing on that momentum swing, scored on five. Listen to this. BYU scored on five consecutive drives over the last 18 minutes of the game to win by Jerem Jordan's favorite number, 17. Uh, field goal, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, field goal. That was great. And, and the offense took advantage of opportunities. To me, the defense won the game, which was nice because the defense had some injuries, uh, still didn't have Travis Tuiloma. Jordan Prater, I believe, played sparingly. Um, so younger guys may play. Psy Tautu had a couple of sacks. Bronson Kafusi had a sack. Fred Warner had a nice game. Michael Shelton had an interception. Kai Nakua off the edge. Bronson Kafusi's interception. So there were different plays that were made, and it was a good game. BYU only punted once. They punted 11 times against Michigan. They punted once uh, in that game. And overlooked in all of this, by the way, Tanner Mangum threw for 365. I saw that number after, and I thought, wow, that was a lot. And then last night, for some reason, it kicked in. 365? I know it's UConn, but the dude's a freshman. He threw the ball 53 times and completed 66%. Normally, when BYU throws 50-plus, it is bad. It's you're behind, and you're trying to catch up. But Colby Colby, uh, Pearson told you on Thursday night, and we played it Friday, that BYU was going to, quote, sling it. Yeah, we're going to sling it all over. And they did. We saw... we saw some growing pains from Tanner Mangum. He's trying to make a play, throws a pick. Uh, you know, in the mesh uh, with Francis Bernard, there's a fumble. This is going to happen all season, but we're going to see uh, the screws tightened as we go to where Tanner Mangum is going to become a very good quarterback. And you, and you got a taste. 365 in what is fourth start as a BYU Cougar? He's on his way, man. Trevor Maddich has been critical of the BYU offensive line. We'll ask him where he thinks that O-line stands after the game against UConn. Tanner was still under some duress, so some things perhaps to tighten up there as well. 
And the, yeah, there were some throws that he forced, but there were some throws that he forced that worked. The Taron Houck play over the middle, great throw. The, he puts it up high for Mitch Matthews. Finally, it's not a fade, but it's a my guy can go get it. Throw play. your man open. Yes, throw and him open. There was another play on the sideline where Mitch Matthews went and uh, made a first down on that play. I think that Tanner Mangum is developing some serious rapport with his guys. Was able to get out of the pocket, make some good throws. Uh, and move the and move the chains. BYU didn't finish some drives. You work on that. That's the next thing. I didn't expect BYU to be perfect against UConn because they have a true freshman quarterback. But we saw the gro- we saw the growth from one half to the second half in the same game with Tanner Mangum in the offense. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Join BYU Sports Nation. Who gets your helmet sticker from BYU's win over UConn? Let's get to the tweets. It's winter time. At CPA underscore Coog, Bronson Kafusi looked like a grown man among boys making several huge plays and terrorized the quarterback all night. In some ways, Bronson Kafusi is a grown man among boys playing against <laughs> He's definitely UConn. a grown man. Yeah, he's <laughs> definitely a uh, grown man. Yeah, the other people weren't boys, but just three tackles, but one was a sack, two of those tackles for losses, an interception. He's all over the place. He, to me, Bronson Kafusi will be BYU's lone draft pick. Jeremy and I will give out our helmet stickers later on in the show as we stick those to the BYU helmet on the desk right now. But who gets your helmet sticker after BYU's win over UConn? Continue to send in those tweets using the hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, it's another Maddich Monday with ESPN College Football Insider Trevor Maddich. Will BYU be ranked at any point this season again? We put his feet to the fire on that. And who gets Trevor's helmet sticker? This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. You can always use the hashtag BYUSN. Inside BYU Football. Debuts again this week, Tuesday at 7.30 Eastern time. Don't miss it. Adam Hine was mic'd up. I know Hine missed the game, but hear his comments on the sideline, among other things. Inside BYU Football, Tuesday, 7.30 Eastern on BYU TV. Inside BYU Football in three weeks for the first time after a win. So, yes. Some rejoicing. Some rejoicing. Our Twitter question today, who gets your helmet sticker from BYU's win over UConn, send in your responses using the hashtag BYUSN. Joining us now, a man who always deserves a helmet sticker, ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Trevor, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you. Great to join you guys. All right, man. Who is getting your BYU helmet sticker after the performance against UConn on Friday night? I would say Bronson Kafusi. He was all over the field. And, I mean, he's the kind of a guy who could just hunker down in one spot and hold down that spot effectively, and he could. But at his size and his talent, you expect him to actually be making plays, and he was. You know, he had that interception, was set up a score, and he was in the backfield disrupting that UConn offense all game long. And so he, he went above and beyond the call of just his assignment and was a force and a playmaker. Yeah, I I agree with you. He he changed the game for me, and I just highlighted highlighted it a few minutes ago. The defense won a game for BYU. It was interesting because the offense was putting up a ton of yards, but turning the ball over and up, finishing some drives. Thirty points is fine, but for the amount of yards BYU had, it probably should have been forty or fifty points. So, Trevor, who won the game? The defense or the offense on on oh, Friday night? 
unquestionably the defense won the game. I mean, that score was tied at 10 with at the end of the third quarter. And BYU ends up with 30, but it was three short field scores that really got them over the top in the fourth quarter. There were a couple of turnovers provided by the defense and then that onside kick that BYU recovered. And so they give them credit. They turned those into points. But it was the defense and really the special teams with that onside kick that set up the offense to be able to finally break it loose on the scoreboard. Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. What did you learn about the Cougars on Friday night? Well, what I learned was that they are incredibly physically and emotionally resilient. When you look at that month of September and the way that it ended, I mean, that was not just crushing you know, emotionally to lose that game 31-0 to after all the expectations to Michigan, but physically they were spent. That was it. They were done, man, and that was a physical team they had to play against. It wasn't just the cumulative pounding of, of four tough games. It ended with a pounding by a Michigan team that's been pounding pretty much everybody severely. And so that the fact that BYU was able to come back after that and still run 95 plays on offense, even though you're right, they did not finish those drives, uh, and still play a, a defensive game that really won the game for them, I think shows their resilience and their ability to bounce back from such a deep, dark place that they were at after that Michigan game. Oddly, after this game, we are halfway through the regular season. But going into this week uh, through five games, what are you most concerned about with BYU football at this point, Trevor? Well, depth. I'm most concerned about depth because the style of offense that they run is is one that puts a lot of stress, especially on receivers. Now, fortunately, they're very deep at receiver, and that's intentional. When they first started running this go fast, go hard, they found that later in the season, receivers' hamstrings started to tighten up because they were running so many plays, and they were also contributing on special teams. And, and so they, they had to get more depth at receiver than they have. But on defense, they need a lot of depth as well. And other places on this team, I mean, they've already gone through the physical pounding that a lot of teams go through in most of a season. And now we've got to see if they'll be able to handle the physical pounding going forward because we're only uh, about 28%, 30% done with the season. There's still a lot of football left to be played. Trevor, you have become synonymous with the phrase beasting the ball when talking about wide receivers. And BYU's wide receivers specifically how would you rate them on a scale of 1 to 10 when it comes to beasting the ball through five games? I was very impressed with how the receivers played against, against Connecticut. I thought that they did not do everything they could have done against Michigan, even against UCLA. I thought the receivers could have done more. When that ball comes down, you, you've got to hate to lose the reception. You've got to hate for the other guy to get the ball or to get, a, get it away from you more than you love catching the ball. And I didn't see that often enough, consistently enough from the receivers. But in this game against Connecticut, they, they went at it. Now, there were times when there was plenty of space to catch the ball. And they reached out and caught the ball and then turned up with a vengeance to try to get yards after the catch. But what really impressed me was one single play. Taron Houck, I think it was the first quarter, went over the middle, reached up and out, to catch a ball with a safety barreling down from the opposite direction. And as I watched that play unfold, I thought it had massive collision written all over it. Now, as it turned out, the safety missed Hauk. He missed him. But Hauk had no way of knowing that. When he reached out and extended all that 6-foot-5-inch or however tall he is frame to catch that ball, 
there was every expectation that that he would be he'd probably get a couple of ribs broken, and he reached out and he caught it anyway. And so I'm I'm very proud of how he performed in that game. I think the receivers uh, played with a bit of an edge that I haven't really seen from them since Nebraska. Career high, six catches for 129 for Taron Halka uh, to lead the receivers. Fantastic game. I, I agree with you for them. Tanner Mangum uh, had a nice uh, bounce-back game. How did you think he performed against Connecticut? I thought he did a terrific job, especially because, once again, they're just not protecting him well. And the Connecticut defense is salty, uh, very salty. They held Missouri in Columbia, Missouri at only nine points earlier this season. I mean, that, that's a very good defense. And they harassed Tanner Mangum, they, they harassed the, really the entire offense the whole game. And yet he was able to stay focused, and that's what impresses me more than anything else. He still doesn't know the offense. He probably thinks he does at this point, but he doesn't. Uh, and he's just a freshman. So he doesn't have all the tools at his disposal that he'll be able to use against a defense that's harassing him when he gets more in-depth knowledge of, of what the options are and where the tools will be located, and he's reacting more than just having to think about things. And so I think that, that given that, given the fact that he was harassed, the fact that he dropped back, what was it, 56 times, and still continued to deliver the ball, still continued to stay focused, uh, I thought that was incredibly impressive. And I think when I say quarterback U may be back at BYU, uh, this year I expect him to continue to grow. But starting next year, I think Tanner Mangum is, is going to be a revelation for the BYU Cougars. Follow Trevor Maddich on the Twitter machine at T Maddich. Trevor, true or false? BYU will be ranked in the top 25 again at some point this season. I think that's true. And BYU, the fact that they play on ESPN gives them the opportunity for people to see them. I mean, it would have been terrible if they'd have gone off into the witness protection program after that Michigan game, and that was really the, the last impression that people had nationally. But the fact that they come back and they play a primetime game against UConn and look as good as they did, and the fact that they've got some real sneaky, tough games. I mean, East Carolina coming up here, Cincinnati's a sneaky, tough game. They've got Missouri, the two-time defending SEC East champions. They've got some opportunities to, to get noticed, and especially because so many teams have flaws this year. Very few complete teams, really no complete teams out there that I can see, um, especially at the top of the rankings. There will be a lot of movement and churning in the bottom of the top 25, and if BYU takes care of business, I think they can get right back up into it. The reason that's important is for recruiting. BYU needs to recruit all over the nation. And when those recruits look at the rankings, and they always do, if they see BYU's logo in the rankings week after week after week, when they get a call from the Cougars, they'll take that call. And that's important. I uh, noticed today that uh, BYU is the only non-Power 5 team with two losses or more receiving votes of any kind. So there, there is respect from that schedule for BYU. Now in comes East Carolina, uh, an interesting game because East Carolina is a team that has, has shown that it can hang with some of the big boys, challenge Florida in the swamp, beat Virginia Tech. What do you think of the Pirates? They're dangerous because they're balanced. They don't, they don't do any one thing particularly well except for one thing. They, they lead the nation in third-down conversion rate on offense. I mean, they are very good at extending drives. BYU, though, is very good at getting people off the field at third down. So I think that's a strength-against-strength strength matchup. Other than that, I think it's, they're a balanced team that can beat you if you're not playing your best. 
BYU, though, I think has more talent top to bottom. And really where BYU has an advantage, especially since they got some confidence grinding out a rushing attack against UConn this week. The thing about East Carolina is that they're one of the worst in the country on defense at giving up first downs. I mean, you can you can extend drives on them just like they extend drives on you. And I think BYU's defense will do a better job of getting their offense off the field than the than the opposite. And so, as long as BYU takes them seriously and there's no reason they shouldn't, then I think that the, the Cougars will have another opportunity to get another big win. Four different teams in the top ten lost last weekend, so a major shakeup at the top of the polls in college football. Trevor, who is the best team in all of college football right now. Uh, see, you know what's crazy about that is that when you say best team, most deserving team to be ranked that high, or the um, most complete team, and I would say there isn't a complete team. Ohio State can't play offense. TCU's defense is decimated with injury. Baylor's defense plays like it's injured a lot of time. Michigan State is giving up a lot of a lot of yards through the air, and their offense isn't crushing anybody. Utah right now leads is number one in the nation in the in the ESPN power rankings. Now, not the AP or coaches poll. They're number five in the AP. But they lead the nation, according to the ESPN power ranking. And they're as close to a complete team, I think, as anybody out there right now who is undefeated. Now, if you ask me who the best team in the country right now, I've got to say it's Alabama. Alabama showed against Georgia that that they aren't done yet. Their defense dominated one of the best rushing attacks and offensive lines in the country. And they had much better play from their quarterbacks. And that's the big question with Alabama. Can the quarterbacks play up to the talent level of the rest of the team? Well, it's been up and down so far this year. But against Georgia, and a pretty good Georgia defense in a storm, those quarterbacks for Alabama, actually Jake Coker, did a very good job. And if you ask me who the best team is right now, I'd say Alabama, even though I would not rank them number one because they lost at home to Ole Miss. Are you headed out on the road this weekend? If so, where are you headed? This week we're at home. Um, last week we uh, radio college game day on ESPN Radio. It's our noon to 7 Eastern uh, radio show. We were supposed to go to Clemson, and I was literally in my car driving from Bristol to Baltimore on the New Jersey Turnpike when I got a message that they canceled the trip because they were afraid of a little rain. So I figured, what, are we made of sugar? You know, we can't, we can't go out and get wet during a radio show, but it turns out that we can't. Trevor, the so we came sugar back. cube manage. There you go. So I'm melting. Uh, so yeah, so we'll we'll be in we'll be in Bristol for uh, for a home radio show again this week, and then we'll be on the road for a while. Trevor, always great to talk to you. Uh, we appreciate the insight. Look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Sugar Cube Maddich feels that BYU will be ranked again at some point this season. For BYU to be ranked, they're going to have to have three losses or less. So you have an allowance for one loss the rest of the season. That would be quite the season. That would be a 10-win season when all send in. I'm talking about at the end of the year. BYU could build up, I don't know, what are they? If they beat Missouri and they're, what, 8-2? and two? I could see BYU jumping back in. You don't think BYU would be ranked before Missouri if they are 7-2? and two? That would be five consecutive wins. Let's, how, let's see how things shake out, mm-hmm. actually. Up next, former BYU and Oakland Raider linebacker Spencer Hadley dons his Monday morning quarterback cap. Why was BYU's defense so successful on Friday? Welcome back on a Monday. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter 
of BYU fans all over the world. Tomorrow night is a Super Tuesday! Starting at 6 Eastern time, BYU Sports Nation. After further uh, Inside BYU Football, then after further review... It's going to be awesome. Of course, the brand new edition of Inside BYU Football at 7.30 Eastern time on BYU TV. But the Super Tuesday starts at 6 Eastern tomorrow night. That was your He-Man voice right there. I have the power! Yep, that, that's the one. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. The Cougar football team beat UConn 30-13, to led by Tanner Mangum's freshman passing record, 365 yards in a single game. Bronson Kafusi, a lot impact player, Nominee this week for his performance against the Huskies. Cougars in the NFL. Giants rookie linebacker Wani Unga had two tackles in the 14-point Giants win over the Bills. Tonight, Ziggy Ansah, Kyle Van Ooyen, the Lions play. My Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Go Lions. Number six what? BYU women's soccer beat Portland 2-1 Saturday night on goals from Elena Medeiros and Nadia Gomes. The Cougars still playing without their top returner, Ashley Hatch, but they're still 10-1-1. The ladies host San Diego on Friday night. The 2015 Cougar Club Hall of Fame inductees have been announced. They are Rob Morris Choo and Luke Staley from football. Noise. Nina Puikin and Mortensen from women's volleyball. Willard Hershey from track and John Hedengren from cross country and track. Congrats. Absolutely. Former Cougar and Raider Spencer Hadley joining us now as our second guest. He's on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Spence, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, appreciate it. Got a quick question, though. You bet. Jerem, did I hear you say my Seattle Seahawks? Yeah, dog. I've been a fan for like six months, bro. <laughs> hey, I think, I think my, I'm losing service. I think I'm breaking up. I might not. You're from Washington? Like, Are you, did I'm you grow up liking go. the Seahawks? No, I didn't. Who did you like growing up? And the thing is, and the thing is none of my buddies did either. Interesting. So go and figure. Connell, they don't, they don't now love my, some Seahawks? Now my, Facebook, now my Facebook is flooded with Seahawks posts. So, <laughs> you know. From the Figure last that three out. seasons. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Please don't lose service. I'm a Bengals fan, Spencer. Hopefully that's okay. Okay, no, I got plenty okay. of service. Mine makes Bengals. more sense than you service with the Bengals. Hey, don't worry. Who's, which team is 4-0, Jerem? Which team is 4-0? Which team's gone to the Super Bowl back-to-back years? Congrats. Ooh. A first-round exit with the ginger. <laughs> Hey, Spencer, it's great to have you on the phone. Don't worry about Jerem. Uh, what was the best thing BYU accomplished during Friday night's win against UConn, in your opinion? Well, we got a win. So, I, you know, that's the best thing, okay. in my opinion. Um, but from the play, from the game, I, I felt like defensively, well, and offensively, both sides of the ball, what we did is we did a great job controlling the line of scrimmage which was, I think, our biggest weakness coming out of the Michigan game. And I felt like going into this game, we, we had a good, we had a solid run game offensively, and we had a solid stop-the-run game defensively. Uh, we controlled the line of scrimmage very well. It was interesting because uh, I said before the season that I thought the, I thought the offense would win you know, most, if not all, the games for BYU. In this game, the defense uh, stepped up. As a former defensive player, at what point do you do you uh, discuss with the defense? Okay, the offense is is struggling a little bit. Maybe we need to make an extra play, like Bronson Kafusi made. Uh, yeah, the, those conversations are had. I think in my playing days, those conversations seem to have been had after you, you could just feel the momentum leaving the offense. They, they just didn't have it. They had you know, gone a couple drives or they were either three and out or they just weren't moving the ball very well. Um, and, and so we as a defense, you know, hey, 
we got to pick it up. Offense is struggling. They're, they're, they're starting to putter out. We need to make a play. We need to bring mo- the momentum back to our sideline. And uh, it, just like you said, the defense was able to do that several different times. They made some big plays, um, especially there late in the game. And, and they were huge for us. BYU has dominated the fourth quarter this season, Spencer, and I want to know the reason for that. We're talking 56-17 to 17 combined in the fourth quarter against the five opponents. Why is that happening? That's an impressive stat. I didn't even know that until you just said it. That is impressive. But I, I did notice fourth quarter dominance, and I'll tell you my opinion on, on why, why it is where it is. I think it's a testament, first of all, to the type of guys that we have on this team this year, but just – at BYU generally, um, you know, the, it's, it's, a, it's a work hard, uh, grind it out all the way to the end type of mentality here at BYU. And I think it's, it's a staple amongst most Bronco Mendenhall teams. That, you know, going back to when you took over the team, you, you look at each one of the teams and, and their teams with grit, their teams that fight, that finish games, they finish plays. They finish drives, and, and it's a culture that we it, – this isn't an accident. It's not just something that, oh, hey, wait, you know, we all of a sudden play real well in the fourth quarter. No, this isn't an accident. It's just something that – this is a culture that Bronco Mendenhall facilitates in practice. It's something that we – every drill, every, every rep, uh, every pra- all practice long is through the whistle, through the line. You finish everything. And I think that, that it's, it's translating to the game where as the game wears on and, and guys tend to get tired or, or want to tap out or, you know, the, it, all, of, all of the things that come in the fourth quarter of a game, you see our guys fighting with a little bit extra, giving a little bit more, and, and it's, it's showing. It's clearly showing that we've got what it takes in the fourth quarter, and, and it's part of what Bronco Mendenhall his philosophy, what he trains. There were a lot of uh, injured guys. Uh, you know, BYU missed several uh, starters in this game, uh, but I thought there were some notable performances and from some guys that maybe don't play as much normally. Who stuck out to you among those guys? Um, so, was it? I don't even really know the kid's name, but he only, he didn't get, he only got one carry, but it was offensive. Riley Burt. Burt. Running back. Riley yes. Burt. Can we see more of him, please? <laughs> <laughs> you and Jamal Williams feel the same way. He tweeted that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I feel like that kid is a special little talent that we've got, and I'd love to see him. I, I asked around. I was on the sideline at the game and was told that uh, the, the coaches weren't comfortable with his ball security. And uh, so that, that was why we didn't see as much of him as maybe we'd like. But um, it, was just a, it was just a little glimpse, but, but he got me excited. I want to see him tilt the rock a little more. Wait, hold on. Like, Francis Bernard has, like, 70 yards rushing and a touchdown. Cy Tautu. And you, you highlight a dude with one carry for five yards? It was that explosiveness. It was huge. Now, was it? I'm it was five done, yards. Okay? I'm, not, I'm not done. I'm not done. <laughs> but, no, let's talk about <laughs> Hey, Seahawks fan, give it back. <laughs> Be quiet. Hey, there's room, on the, there's room on the bus, man. On the bus of Wilson. Can I sit in the front? Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. No, yeah, I you know there's plenty of there's plenty of guys that that played well. Um, like you said, Francis Bernard was one of them. 
Um, he did some great things earlier in the season. We've seen him a couple times this season, a few other games, and I, I think we have a special talent with him as well. But, you know, I think the running game's in good hands here in the next couple of years. Spencer Hadley with us on BYU Sports Nation. Follow him on Twitter at 5OHAD. We just asked ESPN Trevor's, uh, Trevor Maddich this question, and I want you to answer it as well, Spencer. True or false, BYU will be ranked again at some point this season in the top 25? Well, obviously it's based on our performance, and I think that we will. I believe that if we're able to win out, which I expect us to, I expect us to win the rest of our schedule. And I believe that before, shortly before or after the bowl game, you'll see BYU back in the top 25. Hmm. Let's, let's break that down a little more. Um, BYU's got some challenges. I think East Carolina, uh, it could be a challenge. Cincinnati's offense is really good. Obviously, Missouri. What makes you feel like BYU's going to run the table the rest of the way? I feel like we, well, so it's based on, in, in, it's based on what BYU team that we're able to see. And I think if we see the team that we saw the other night, we see the team we saw against UCLA, the team that fought to the end against Boise, Nebraska, um, I think we see a team that is very capable of winning out the rest of these games. Now, it's like you said, that's not, I'm not saying that's going to be an easy thing. I'm not saying like, oh, yeah, no, we're going to win them all easy. But I believe that we have a team – that is capable and good enough to win each and every one of these, these games. And I believe also that we have a coaching staff that is learning more and more about its team, is understanding the, in, the individuality of, of each guy and, and this team as it's different from any other you know, team that they've coached in the past. And I, I believe that they're learning how to prepare these guys, get them ready, and I think that throughout the remainder of the season – um, we'll have a team that just gets better each week. Uh, you, you know, we also, I think we're going to get some, some key guys back. Hopefully Adam Hine isn't out too long and we get him back. Um, more guys toting the rock, the better, keep them fresh, keep them, keep them hungry, keep them fighting for yards. And, and, you know, he's just a physical specimen as is. So the sooner we can get him back, the better. Um, also, Travis Tuloma should be back soon. From, from what I'm hearing, the whisperings that I've been given. So it, we get him back, and that's huge. I mean, that's an astronomical addition to our ability to stop the run, which is what Bronco Mendenhall's defense is all about. Stop the run game, and, and you know, we'll be able to, we'll be able to win. I, I, think that, uh, I, think we, I think we get better each week. And, yes, we have some very worthy – capable opponents in the future, but I believe that we get better each week, and I, I would think we are... I think we're going to run the table. I think we're going to win out, and we'll be back in the top 25 before it's over. BYU 2-0 and at home with a 35-24 win over Boise State. Team looks very good right now, and a 30-13 to win over UConn. They get East Carolina on Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 Mountain Countdown to kick off at 4.30 Mountain, 6.30 Eastern. Spencer, great to talk to you as always, man. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me, fellas. Go Hawks! Oh, my goodness. We can't end <laughs> hey, it that I'm, way. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Spencer. Yeah, you bet. Spencer it's, Hadley. It's, hey, a couple fellow Northwest guys got to stick together, you know? Oh, my goodness. On the so Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Our Twitter question today, who gets your helmet sticker from BYU's win over UConn? At 86 
Wisconsin Cook, W.I. Cook, says entire O-line gave Tanner time to throw the ball, and they opened up some running lanes for Brown and Bernard. That goes underrated, um, what the O-line did, because you're not playing Adam Hine, who had emerged as the number one running back. In comes Aldrin Brown, 95. What did Bernard have? 70-something? 60-something, I think. 69. Yeah, there you go. At Major League Mormon, Francis Bernard stepping up and delivering when it counted. We'll give out our helmet stickers next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYUSN Live, the rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV starting at exactly 6 p.m. Eastern. At JV Fiso, she tweeted, how, am I wa- how I'm watching BYU Sports Nation this morning, hashtag Monday Motivation. It looks like she's on the treadmill and she's got her phone hooked up. So you can watch it anywhere. You can use the BYU TV app. It's great. And you can watch Inside BYU Football, a brand new dish, tomorrow night, 7.30 Eastern time on BYU TV. Can't wait. The Cougars coming off of a win. So the first Inside BYU Football episode in three weeks to have a winning feel. Yeah. It's always nice. Where the we had, I don't even know where the blue goggles are. Do you have we, some? We have the specialty pair. But Where'd where, the regular ones go? Hey, after, someone steal them? After BYU lost to UCLA, I think those went away. After BYU lost to Michigan, did someone come and clean house of the blue goggles? What like, in the like world? Blue, are we they not to, even up there either? We need to get these back we on the set. We don't have any regular right blue now. goggles in here. <laughs> yeah, we've got, I mean, we've got the specialty ones that we light got, up and give everyone a headache. Here's the national championship ones. Remember those? Yeah. Yeah. We're putting those You away. can put those back we on the basket when basketball season starts. Can I? Yeah, absolutely you can. Can I? Yes. Don't take those off the desk. <laughs> I won't take them off. <laughs> we need something. Where the blue goggles we need go? Something. Scandal! Hey, Man. you know what you don't need blue goggles for? Did some Utah for? fans come through here? You know what you don't need blue goggles for? What? To appreciate what Tanner Mangum did mm. on Friday night. And he gets my helmet sticker today. Freshman record, 365 passing yards in a single game. Couple of touchdowns, two interceptions. Tanner Mangum is doing things. Taylor Magnum. Hey, stop it. Don't do that. He's graduated from that. Even the ESPN guys now. Even the ESPN guys now are getting his name right. If you set a record at BYU, a freshman packing record at BYU of all places, you deserve to have your name called right. He gets my helmet sticker because he continues to improve. He's as a true freshman, Jerem. This is start number four. Unbelievable the path that he has put himself on this early. And that was more than Matt Barry's 360 in a game against who was it, Wyoming. Uh, Ty Detmer had a 300 plus yard game uh, when he was a freshman as well. Okay, my helmet sticker is maybe a surprising one. I give it to Mitch Matthews. Whoa! Mitch Matthews. Okay, here's why he overcame some self imposed adversity in the game. Didn't make a play on that interception. Uh, you know, uh, dropped a ball that was an uh, easy catch. Okay. Self-imposed, you know, maybe poor plays. It's not his fault. Tanner Mangum throws an interception, but could have made a play on the ball. He comes back in that game. After he drops it, the next ball right to him gets first down. And then he had two touchdown catches later in the game, which I, I we have blue goggles just delivered to us, by the way. <laughs> Michael Miner, our senior coordinating producer, just came down from his office and made sure that we had blue goggles. Mitch, Ma- Mitch Match sto- came back in that game. I've given him a hard time, but Mitch Matthews ha, 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 came back in this game and had two touchdown catches when BYU needed it. Beasted the ball in the end zone. 
He gets my helmet. Jerem Jordan singing a different tune just a week later about the one Mitch match. I'm not calling him elite. I just gave him my helmet sticker. I didn't say. I just said you're singing a different tune. I'm not even singing. Why are you so defensive? Goodness. Because Put the defense blue goggles back won on. the game. Mitch Matthews, by the way, his five receiving touchdowns. Nice. Tied for ninth in the country among all wide receivers. That's good. That's, That's pretty good. dang good. That's I dare say elite on that stat. That's exactly what I thought it would be <laughs> because he should be the most reliable go-to red zone target. He's your most experienced and a six-six receiver. Yeah. No, no. When he plays like he can and should play, he's a really good receiver. I don't use the word you use, but I think he's a really good receiver. <laughs> I don't use that word in vain, man. Elite. I believe the correct pronunciation is elite. Elite. Did you French hear about four. this? Elite. Did you hear about this? East Carolina at BYU highlighted on ESPN as, quote, the game you should be psyched for, but probably aren't. Interesting. End quote. Here, here's what they highlighted as well. They talk about how the Pirates, uh, you know, pushed Virginia Tech around. Uh, their, their only losses are to undefeated Navy and Florida. BYU, uh, you know, a good team. Big stakes game, probably not. Big fun game, probably so. We'll see in this one. E- ECU has an interesting offensive situation right now. They subbed in the backup quarterback, who's actually the third string from the start of the year. Remember, Kurt Benkert got hurt. So this kid, James Summers, comes in, and he has seven touchdowns, four rushing, three passing. And they blow out SMU. SMU, not the strongest team ever, but put up, what it was at 49. So it's going to be interesting, man. The Pirates can sling it. They come into BYU, uh, against BYU, an interesting game for the Cougars. ECU, to me, is a challenge this weekend. I'm, a, I'm not, what, what are the, should be psyched, but probably aren't. I'm not psyched for this game, but it's a big one for BYU. I'm excited for every football game because we only get it for a few months a year. You're, you're psyched for Wagner? Yes, because it's college football. It's oh, college football. I love it. Psyched is like, did you see game day that... Uh, you know, shirtless dude going crazy. Like, to me, that guy Yes, psyched. I saw it when you tried to troll me on no, Twitter that as was, that guy. No, it wasn't that guy. It was a, a shirtless guy that jumped in the mud. That was a different oh. shirtless guy at Clemson. And then Coach Holiday had my back, on, by the way. Coach Holiday's like, no, that's not Spencer. His suits are too clean to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Guy. I appreciate that. Guy. Oh, by the I, way, I've never asked him. Is that his real name? The uh, the statistic we just put up on the screen on BYU TV showed BYU's average points for the season twenty four point two and giving up exactly twenty four a game. How about that to go along with Bronco Mendenhall's benchmark of hey score twenty four or more, give up twenty four or less? BYU twenty four point two scoring, giving up exactly twenty four. That thin of a margin. It's got to be higher for a season average. That's pretty low. Who gets your helmet sticker from BYU's win over UConn at Dugier68 says Mitchell Jurgens keeping the ball moving even with the sprained shoulder. He had a career high 10 catches. Oh, man. And he came in Saturday and was on the show. I bet he had a date on Saturday night. We're back with the whip. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Blue goggles on and time to whip. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU beat Connecticut 30-13, led by Tanner Mangum's freshman record 365 passing yards. Bronson Kafusi is a lot of impact player nominee this week for his performance against the Huskies. Cougars in the NFL. New York Giants rookie linebacker Wani Unga had a couple of tackles in the 14-point Giants win over their fellow New York team, the Buffalo Bills. Tonight, Ziggy Ansah, Kyle Van Noy, and the Detroit Lions play 
Jerem Jordan Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Soccer. The 12s. What's up? The sixth-ranked Cougars beat Portland 2-1 Saturday night on goals from Elena Medeiros and Nadia Gomes. Cougars are now 10-1-1 in Jose San Diego Friday night. Athletics. I love that drop. <laughs> the 2015 Cougar Club Hall of Fame inductees have been announced. They are Rob Morris and Luke Staley from BYU Football. Nina Puykin and Mortensen from Volleyball. Willard Hershey from Track. And John Hedengren from Cross Country and Track. Men's basketball. BYU Hoops has the first of 30 practices starting today in the next 42 days, as well as the season uniforms reveal this afternoon on Twitter. <laughs> Tennis. Jordan. That was pretty good. The men's team plays at the USDA ITA All-American Tournament today through Saturday. Good luck, gentlemen. Cougars in the CFL. Eight. The BC Lions beat the Saskatchewan Rough Riders 46-20 in which Austin Cully threw a touchdown pass on a double reverse. You need to see it. You need to see it. I tweeted it out. Today and tomorrow, the men are in California at the Nick Watney Invitational. The women's team competes in the Aggie Invitational today through Wednesday. Volleyball. 15th ranked BYU swept San Diego on Saturday, led by Whitney, or Friday night, led by Whitney Howard, who had seven blocks and seven kills. Alohi Robbins Hardy had a double double with 33 assists and 10 digs. Cross country. Both men and women placed in the top five on Friday in the Washington Invitational. The men finished third behind Oregon and Stanford. BYU's women finished fourth behind Oregon, Washington, and Stanford. Future guests Blaine Fowler, Jeff Judkins, and John Beck will join us again this week. John Beck bringing it again. John Beck! Dude announces his retirement from football on the show last Thursday, so we decided to make him a permanent part of the show. <laughs> permanent? Wow. I don't know. I thought Dennis Pitta would get that nod before John. Yeah. Well, John is fantastic, and all everybody that listened to that last interview would agree with me. What's up, T- Dennis? Get healthy, man. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter <laughs> Health. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. It goes to BYU Women's Soccer, yeah. number six nationally, 10-1-1, playing without their star, Ashley Hatch. They deserve it. They keep winning. They're fantastic. Hey, thanks to our guests today, Trevor Manager, Spencer Adley, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using hashtag BYUSA. Our elite tweet of the day from at Matarama01. His helmet sticker goes to Taryn Houck. He rose to the challenge and beasted the ball away from the defenders. Oh, and he had over 100 yards. 129 to be exact. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Tom Steele. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern. Very nice.